Hello, and welcome to Art Speaks, a new arts and culture podcast from Philips. I'm your host, Arnold Lehman. After a half century in the art world, mostly as a museum director in Baltimore and in Brooklyn, and five years at Philips as senior advisor, which means someone who is old, knows a lot of people, and isn't shy about voicing opinions, Hosting a series like this seems like a perfect fit for me. So for each episode, like today's, I'll be at my desk having a socially distant conversation with friends from the art world, artists, dealers, museum directors and curators, collectors, and critics, to learn from them how and what they are doing and what is on their minds today and for tomorrow. So, let's get started with our conversation with my friends, artists, Mike and Doug Starn. And what are we standing under? Uh, we're in the bamboo piece in our studio. Ah, the how high is the studio to be able to uh, accommodate 50 foot, 50 foot ceilings. 50. Wasn't the big bamboo yeah. and the Met roof, which I will never forget my entire life, wasn't that like... 90 feet tall or 75 or something 75 yeah yeah i mean it was the most amazing of course i would not do anything but look at it from underneath but it was one of the most amazing things <laughs> i've ever seen you know i mean it was oh, like thanks. well seriously i think i told you before that i thought it was kind of a you know a wonder of the world and i wondered how it didn't blow off yeah well we've been through hurricanes and typhoons. And, this was, uh, are we exactly 10 years ago? Yes. Yep. When, because it was the spring or summer of spring, uh, summer, fall, yeah, of 2010. It was spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, I always thought to myself, I can't imagine how the Met is ever going to top this and they should just keep it. You know, it was, <laughs> it was well, I'm, you know, I've, I'm prejudiced. Um, oh, and I you. looked something up, and you yeah. know, it is almost 30 years ago that yeah. we did that exhibition in Baltimore together. Really? Oh, my God. 30, right. 30? years. 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was in 1991. One. Um, mm. But I keep thinking of you in that exhibition as both of you, you know, added up. If you added both of you together, you were 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were pretty young but yeah you know we just turned 59 yesterday yeah oh congratulations congratulations <laughs> so oh my god the big uh 6-0 is on the way yes yep. nothing nothing to fear zero nothing to I'm fear fine. yeah no problem you know was the tough age was 40 that was yeah. yeah that was difficult 50 I didn't even remember it. 60, 70, 80, 90. They all go by (laughs) very, very quickly. So let me ask you a question that I've always, I don't know the answer to. Who is older? Me, Doug. For how long? Five minutes. Huh. Okay. You know, my (laughs) wife, well, Pam, of course. Yes, Pam. Pam's a twin. Right. And when I first asked her, yeah. what the difference in age was. She said two weeks. And I said, <laughs> I said, what? And she said, 
I, oh, two minutes, two minutes, oh, okay. not two weeks. So <laughs> that would have been yeah. a, a very uh, monumental um, yeah. um, um, moment in medical yeah. history, yes. I think, especially <laughs> for Pam's mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you are um, not in New York City. You are in your studio. Yes, we're upstate. It's in Beacon. Beacon. It's and, a wonderful town. Yeah, and uh, lots of warehouses. No, not a lot. No, we're we're really lucky. This is one one big building, well, and then the old Nabisco factory that's Dia now. But those are the only two buildings like this anywhere around. Really, uh, somehow I always thought when I came up for the first time. Uh, to see the new museum, I thought it looked like you know a very industrial town. But maybe I was just looking at your it building. Seems industrial, and we thought that there'd be a lot of big spaces. But um, that's what we came up here is looking, and and then we found the old Talix foundry was uh, was empty. Had been empty for a few years, and uh, so we've been here now for twelve, 12 years. Twelve years. I still remember yeah. the studio in Brooklyn. And I thought that was an amazing space. I that mean, would fit in a tiny corner of this place. That, that had 16, 18 foot ceilings and we needed a place to try the bamboo idea out. Uh, so we were looking for a place with like 50 or 70 foot ceilings. Yeah. And we have homes not far from here, about right. a half an hour yeah. next door to each other. So, you know, our families have been quarantining together. Which is great. Um, because before you weren't doing that, you were sort of, apart and you both came to Brooklyn, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing for me sitting here and looking through this piece. Um, how big is this going to be ultimately? This piece? Yes. Well, well, it goes up to the ceiling and it, it arches over. It's about a hundred feet long, um, 120. I'm not sure. And you know, it's actually a wave that, that continues to move, um, you know, when we can afford to, to hire the crew to be doing the moving, but it's, it moves, moves by its interconnections with itself. Oh, that's great. Oh my God. It's like what I would have thought would be the, the way they would have built a cathedral in the medieval period, um, in a way. Uh, oh my God, that's fantastic. You know, it has nothing to do with the medium. I mean, people ask us, you know, uh, where did it come from? And it, it's, it's not bamboo. You know, bamboo is just the medium for this, representing this philosophy we have about, about uh, life, life, about how, how it works. And it's just a, all these interconnections. It's um, whether it's decisions or whatever. Well, if connectivity is not um, a definition for life. What is? Yeah, yeah. And it's just how everything uh, is interdependent. And the real idea behind this piece is the building of it and that it's, it never ends. Like if, if we could, this piece would constantly be doing this building of a, of a big... Yeah, so you can see here, there's, there's a wave here. Oh, yeah. Cresting. Oh, right, right. And, and we did the wave at the Met as well. But in, this, in our studio, we, we take the poles from the back, feed them through over the wave, and then it continues to just walk down the, the entire space. It's like 350 feet. So in, a, in, a, in essentially, 
I'm kind of speechless here, but essentially, um, it's really much beyond sculpture. I mean, it's a performance, an yes. ongoing, yeah. an ongoing yeah. performative uh, work mm-hmm. um, yeah. that I, I, I'm still, I'm still so uh, entirely in awe of the Met piece that. Every time I see something like this, it's just, it's so unbelievable to me that with these thin little pieces of, of twine, that the whole thing. Well, it's, it's a random architecture. There's, there's a lot of strength in this. Um, you know, each pole is connected to maybe five other poles and uh, they're all going in random directions. 40, you know, some of them are 40, 50 feet long. And through all this interdependence, it just can't fall down. They're tied together actually with rock climbing cords, so you know that that's strong. Well, you had, didn't you have rock climbers help you? Yes, but that's who our assistants are that do it. Yeah, we've done this project around the world. We've done, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 times. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Japan, Rome, Venice. Well, Japan, who was telling me about the hostile... Um, hornets, uh, the monster yeah. hornets oh, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, the things that um, they were talking about this spring. We, uh, they're called zuzu and bachi in Japan, and sounds like something we eat. would. <laughs> yeah, but these things—they're. <laughs> I mean, sparrow bee. Yeah, they're about this big, and you know, they would fly next to somebody on the crew. Um, it seemed like once a day. Yeah, you'd be standing up on top of a bamboo forest. We we built the bamboo in a bamboo forest using the living bamboo as well, and uh, you'd be standing on top of of a sixty foot tall forest, and then this thing that wants to murder you is like hovering right in your face. It was. Uh, well, how do you? I mean, is this is the uh, idea to freeze and not breathe for yes. a while. Yes, or exactly. Or stand there plummet freeze, sixty yeah. feet down to your death, hold, yeah, hopefully exactly. holding on to a different pole. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody got stung by one of yeah. those. Mike got bit by a makati, which is like a giant poisonous uh, centipede. It was a baby makati, though. Yeah. So it oh didn't... my goodness! Thank goodness that it was a baby. The yeah. uh, I hate to see. I hate as they say. I'd hate to see the mother. Uh, um, so, well, let's not think about these hornets and, and whatnot, okay. but yeah. in twisting from the bamboo, we're going back in, uh, a good number of years to what's on the wall and that amazing tree, yeah. but then oh. you've got the, 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 the relationship between what that tree looks like and all its branches mm-hmm. coming through to one another. And the bamboo over here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the first time I actually put together these pieces on the wall with the bamboo. Yeah. All, all our work is about, you know, nothing's independent, nothing's monolithic. Everything is connected to everything else. Right. The tree other pieces parts. are, you know, we silhouette them to, to show so, you. Um, it collapses the hierarchical structure of a tree that is all going off into different places. But when you silhouette, you collapse that hierarchy and, and the interconnections happen everywhere, just like in the bamboo. And for us, that's about thought. Right. That's what that group is about. Well, sort of the way the brain is all connected, I have to assume. Yeah. And yeah. The, all of the veins and arteries and... Yeah, yeah, all this 
neurons and synapses. Right. And oh, and what am, what what's in front of me now? This is um, this is also the imagery from the trees, except it's done in glass. And um, these things again are are about thought. And these sculptures, these glass sculptures, this one's uh, like eighteen feet. Um, they're meant to be viewed from inside. You know, you're, you're inside these pieces, just like you're inside your brain looking out at the rest of the world. I, I, think, I think this is not just going to be a visit. I'm going to come and move in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't, you haven't been here before, right? No, I've never, I've, never gotten, I've never gotten up. Well, you remember how long it took me to get to the Brooklyn studio. Yes. <laughs> I always seem to be attached to my chair. <laughs> that's quite all right do you want to walk around a bit do you want to see more or yes i'd love to walk because this is so these pieces are related to the tree images these are about the um you know the light being turned into carbon through and then being fed into the tree through these veins these are photographs that start as scans of leaves and then we strip away the skin to just highlight the the cells and then the the capillaries that lead to the major vein that lead to the tree. Yeah, these were done, uh, oh gosh, a while ago. Years ago? <laughs> a while ago is a good way to describe it. What's so amazing <laughs> is that, and so uh, I'm sure helpful to you, is that there are almost no artists who have space in their studio to live with any of their older work. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really it helps us develop and, and yeah. respond to things that we hadn't thought about for years. And Well, I have to say, um, I, I just want to make sure about one thing. The, uh, the building is watertight. It doesn't leak. Not anymore. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> That's the only thing I'd be worried about. Uh, theft is not so much of a problem because most of the work is so big. Uh, you need a you need a trained <laughs> art crew to remove it. Now, yeah. what are we approaching? Uh, this is a piece that we made in '91. You remember that was when the Berlin Wall was just coming down, and um, it's a globe of the Earth. We photographed a, a, a pre World War II uh, globe. It's made of um, individual arcs that are all in tension. It just does a slow fight for which direction it's it's going in. It's called sphere of influence, and um, you know it's about about the the powers that are always uh, you know this constant Fighting struggle control and all that. So have you have you exhibited it? Yes, all over. Yeah, yeah. It started actually in Berlin. It, we showed it at Leo Castelli back in '93, I think it was. Yeah. It was a sort of a, what do they call it? Like a gorilla space on Crosby Street. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful, weird spot. And then there's, then there's this piece in the floor. That looks like the, one of the Christ pieces. Exactly. Yes, right, yeah. right. There was three pieces. Oh, and it's in the floor. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can walk on it. Yeah, it's, um, we made it uh, thinking about this uh, canto from... Uh, Purgatorio, Dante's comedy, and uh, you know there's a there's a, a sequence. One of the passages is about um, 
walking on these the sins of your life and being forced to look at um, at your sins. Is that a crown of thorns? Yes. Yes. You know, Arnold, the um, the original Stretch Christ, the one that was at the Whitney Biennial, is right. going to the Whitney now. So. On for for the permanent collection. Permanent, permanent collection. Yeah. How great! Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Wasn't you. there a Stretch Christ in the show in '91? In yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, that's the one okay, that's going good. to the well, That's a good home. Yep. Um, yeah. Thanks. So, what are we coming up to here? This black, what looks to me, black and white piece. This is this? part of the uh, moth series as well. Attracted to light, and these are I don't know, forty-nine. No, this is one hundred and forty-two. One hundred and forty-two pieces. Yeah. Called the same but different. And behind you. Right there. This is a moth orbiting, uh, you know, it's just like a 60 watt light bulb there. And this is a moth orbiting. Uh, we filmed these, filmed them in uh, slow motion and uh, captured this incredible journey. When you see them in slow motion, which is actually, they're, they're yeah, this is kind of talking again about, you know, that you live inside your head and you're experiencing the world yourself for you alone. Moths actually experience, and all insects experience time differently than we do. Their their sense of of perception is so small; they actually so sort of um, unsophisticated. You know, yeah. they see light and dark. They don't see all the details. They don't see color. So, the number of of uh, electrical uh, connections that are happening within their little brain like things is can. It, it processes, processes quicker. 300 times every second. Ours is only 30 times a second. And so, you know, like when, when you're shooting uh, slow motion, you're shooting much faster. That's really an approximation of how an insect experiences the world. Oh. So they're kind of like, it's almost like they're swimming around that light bulb instead of the thing that we see. You see it in their speed. They, they can fly 10 times around in a second. But uh, for them, it's sort of a 10-second swim around a light bulb it's 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 really beautiful amazing i have to say two things number one um you're almost going to be 60 years old i've known you for 30 plus years and uh, you uh, still haven't stopped answering or or finishing one another's sentences <laughs> no <laughs> that's true which is a sign of an amazing relationship. And the other thing I was going to say, when you were talking about that slow motion, uh, filming in slow motion on the moth, in, in our lockdown, in a world where everything has been, in a way, stopped, seeing what you've done in so many of these pieces is so symbolic. Um, it's It's... It's kind of uh, uh, has two sides, shows this um, connection between everything and this kind of slowdown of everything at the same time. I mean, it puts it sort of puts me in mind of where we are today. Um, but it also gives me some sense of where the escape might be. Um, I'm not quite sure where it is, but. Yeah, well, for us, yeah, I mean, you know, we were here in the studio at the beginning of March, back when Cuomo said we have to, we have to separate, we have to 
you know, shut everything down. And that was, you know, now we're all kind of used to this situation. We understand it at least a little bit. Yeah. Back then it was like, what is going on here? Everything getting cut off from one another. How is this going to survive? Uh, how, how can people get along? How can they pay their rent? All of that stuff. And it just felt like everything was coming apart. But then we looked at the bamboo. It, it Yes, yeah. exactly. And, um, but the depth of our, interdependencies can't be even with that even with that halt it's not going to become so feeble that it collapses right it will go on it will we will get through this this, and it really really helped us it gave us a great sense of uh reassurance this piece and we wanted to um there's actually a couple of institutions that might do a show later this summer we don't know if it's going to happen or not but depending uh, on with the social distancing but right. um but we can put these together very quick i mean this piece was uh made in 10 days with six people um, it's you know it's and it's the work that you've been doing for all these years has always been breathtaking and and um and it remains that way or even more so because the dimension the work has always been even the early photographs to me have been multi-dimensional um in so many different ways nothing was flat nothing was two-dimensional and from that there's been this explosion of dimensionality words i don't use usually um but it's i mean it is so reminiscent looking this way as i am right now Uh into this cathedral of bamboo um mm. and everything that those cathedrals meant uh it's it really breathtaking absolutely thank breathtaking. you thanks so thank um i am so thrilled that it took me no time at all <laughs> to get up to see you no problem <laughs> no, tra- no traffic whatsoever yes. Yes. right no speeding ticket <laughs> this was terrific absolutely terrific I think I have to visit you more often this way. It's always great to talk to you, Arnold. Well, it is my pleasure, and I'm so grateful um, that you were willing uh, to invite me and some hangers-on, perhaps, um, into the studio. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I can do anything for the rest of the day. This is it. Well, well, this was uh, really fun to talk to you. Yeah. Thank always. you. Thank you. How long would it take to take it down? Uh, with a chainsaw, like a day. <laughs> a chainsaw? Well, we, we do that sometimes. But, you know, other times we, we cut pieces out and keep them. Yeah. And it becomes a painting. So. Yeah. Right. So, oh, but then incredible. the rest of it gets chopped up. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you very much. Thank I'll you. see you soon, I hope. Yes, I hope so, too. Hope so. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Those were my great friends, Doug and Mike Starn. I hope you will join me next time on Art Speaks when Antonio Homem, director of the Sana Ben Collection Foundation, will be with us.